0: So um, we are carrying on, as you guys probably know, with our Let Us series. Um, So let's straight away get into the Word of God. I'm going to try and use this. Hey, no, no, not what I was expecting. (laughs) It's all good. We're both trying to learn technology this morning. It's all good. Okay, it's fun. Yeah, so we've been carrying on with our Let Us series. And I don't know about you guys, but I have found it really nice to just meditate over and over the same verses there's there's not I suppose there's not many opportunities in my life and maybe it's not in yours where you find the same passage and you just go over it and over it again I, I often find that I find I pick out one verse and maybe I'll use that as like an, a little encouragement or something like that but this is nice to sort of just take some time very similar to sort of taking time with worship and actually taking time to Just read God's Word and read like a a nice chunk of it. So we've got the technology working now, which is fantastic. So if you've missed it, we're reading from Hebrews 10, verses 19 to 25. So we'll read the whole thing. Hopefully you've been hearing it across the weeks. Um, And I'm reading from the NLT version. So it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death Jesus opened up opened a new I'm going to get confused already. <laughs> Sorry. I'm trying to work out when to click. Opened a new way and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him, for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with I just love that. I love reading it over and over again. So this morning, we are focusing on, okay, cool. <laughs> We're focusing on just verse 24. So verse 24 says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. Now, when I was reading this, I wanted to make sure that, you know, I was reading the whole section of this. It's really good to meditate on one verse, and we are going to do that this morning. But I just felt like actually it was important to take the whole passage and just kind of reflect on what we've been hearing over the last few weeks. So for me, I've been finding that reading these verses have felt like stepping stones of like our journey with God, our Christian walk. It's not necessarily a timeline, but it kind of gives this overall picture of a process that we go with God. So I'm going to try and do you the technology here. <laughs> so in verses 19 and 20, it talks about Jesus dying for us so we can be set free that's like our first stepping stone and when we have that revelation things to start to open up and realize okay we actually can find out who God is and by his death we created a we created a heavenly relationship between heaven and earth and it made us it made it possible for us to have a relationship with God that's the second stepping stone and again like when you have those two together it starts building this picture of like actually I think this Jesus bloke is real and I think actually i can have a relationship with him and that's really powerful and then in verses 22 it talks about how we're made blameless so Jesus died so we can be made blameless he you know washed our sins clean and actually again like just building on those stepping stones and realizing that when all of these are fresh revelations when we hear each of these individually it builds up this step yeah this foundation and sort of stepping stones of actually wow this is quite powerful stuff Okay, and then in verse 23, it talks about how, you know, there's no longer a barrier when we have sin, because God has washed that clean. Actually, we don't have that barrier anymore. And so we can actually have confidence that we can become bold. We can talk to him. We can have a relationship with God. And that can be, you know, give us a new hope. And like it says here, but we we have a confidence in him. And in verse 24, it says about how we have you know our confidence can actually move us into action so this idea that when we know god we actually realize that he died for us he you know he died so we can have we oh i'm going to start again <laughs> he died so we can be blameless we can be without sin then actually we can have confidence in who he is because the idea of someone dying for us is insane when you actually think about it it's just i just think it's nuts like <laughs> when i reflect on it and so actually we can start becoming more confident in him knowing the person who died for us and how special that really is. And then in verses 25, it talks about at the end how we wait, await Christ's return. And so we can know, again, that we can be confident that one day we're going to meet him, that one day we're going to be with him either in heaven or he's going to come back on earth and we can experience that life together. So another way, do I have another one? Nope, cool. <laughs> another way I was thinking about this the steps aside is also a cycle so again I'm a very visual person so I was thinking about this idea of it being stepping stones and building on that and when we read these verses actually how um, how we can meditate on each verse individually but also I looked at it like this so this is a cycle and that actually you know the more we think about how Jesus died for us that's like step number one the closer we become in our relationship with him and then that reminds us of that how we can approach him boldly because we're made blameless and then again it goes around in a cycle which that sh- knowing that should build our confidence in him because he died for us and that confidence should then lead us into action and then we kind of think about it all over again and it just goes around in this cycle i don't know about you but worship for me when i listen to songs like we sung this morning it is just fresh revelation after fresh revelation that's like actually god died for us that's powerful that means something that means that i can approach God's throne boldly that means I need to also do something with myself move myself into action and then and then I reflect again and I say God I need your help how can I do that okay I'm going to come back to your throne I'm going to come back to thinking about how you died for us so this was just something I just thought of when I was reading through these verses that I don't know I just wonder whether actually this cycle is really helpful to think about and think actually it's a process it's not a you know you start at one destination and then you finish and then that's it and then when you finish it's all over. It's actually, it's a constant cycle of getting fresh revelations from Jesus. And I just love that, especially when we take such a big chunk like this um, from, yeah, God's word. So this is, the, this is the passage we're reading this morning. It says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works. And I know, like, Dad and David has spoken about this before, about this idea of let us. It's, it's an invitation. It's not a command. It's not a strong worded, you know, letter or email or whatever that said you have to do something. It's an invite which feels, you know, it just adds this relationship that we have with God that it is friendly, it is approachable, it is comforting. It's not, you know, it's not something that's super strict. But I also want to see that it says let us. This is not talking about one person. It's talking about the body, you know, the body of Christ. It's not know you can get on with this you need to motivate yourself to acts of love and good works and get on with it it's let us it's this idea of that actually we need the body and that's super super important and we need to work together and know that we're just not alive um so i want to ask everybody i know it sounds really weird and if you're watching at home i'm really sorry but just look around the room take two seconds to just look who is in this room with you Because there are people that you might know, there are people that you might not know, there are people that you maybe talk to all the time, and there are people that you'd maybe have one conversation with once a month. But this is your body. This is the body of Christ. This is like your fellow brothers and sisters, your believers that we share this experience with. And that's really important. You know, you might not see many Christian friends outside of of church. You may do. I know for my workplace, I'm not sure I hang out with any people, you know, that I know that are Christian. And so it's really important to actually know who your body is. And that's, you know, believers that are here, that are in other churches. It's not just the Oak Community Church that's the body of Christ. You know, it's our fellow um, brothers and sisters as well. But we are the Oak Church community. You know, we care about community. We care about loving one another. We care about being next to one another. And so when when we read this, it says, let us just remember that this is, a team thing. This is the body of Christ all working together for this. You know, there's a reason why there wasn't just one disciple, there was 12. Like, there, there's, <laughs> there needs to be more than one of us. We can't do what God is calling us to do by ourselves. And that is just worth sharing. You know, it's not the body of Christ. is isn't just me. It's not just Trevor. It's not just David. It's not just oh, David over there. Like, it's, it's, all of us are important and God is calling all of us as the body. And so I wanted to read out a verse. We often hear this in weddings. I think it was actually said in my wedding. Um, But in the NLT version, it talks about it talking about companionship. It's not, it normally is often referred to in like relationships, but I want to read this out from a companionship point of view. So it's Ecclesiastes 4 verses 9 to 12. And it says, two people are better off than one, for they can help each other succeed. If one person falls, the other can reach out and help. But someone who falls alone is in real trouble. Likewise, two people lying close together can keep each other warm. But how can one person be warm alone? A person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I love that. I love this idea that one that we... Need to be with somebody else. Like this, I just feel like these verses are so clear to say that you need somebody else. You need to be aside someone, but also this idea of a, a triple braided cord. That's not necessarily you know me, Jill, and Oz. It's it's me, someone else, and God. God has to be in that to strengthen what we're trying to build. And you know, especially when we're talking about being at the body of Christ and being at the centre. God needs to be there. Like, what are we here for if God isn't at the centre of that? And, you know, what um, Trevor was saying earlier and and Tim was leading us in worship about, you know, going to worship and realising that we can make so much faff and noise and just works that actually is centred around us. And actually, it's really important to strip ourselves back and think, actually, God needs to be at the centre of this as well. And that's the the strengthening of the cord. It's not necessarily just me and somebody else standing side by side. It's actually when God is at the centre, that's when things are really powerful. And you know, when we look again, like I'm not going to put it up because I I can't work the technology, but when we go back to sort of the cycle earlier, it's all about Jesus. Like every single point and every single point in this block of, you know, of verses, it's all talking about Jesus. There's not one bit in there where it's not Jesus focused. And so, We want to be really clear that the ultimate goal is actually to lift Jesus up in all of this. And you know, when the verse talks about let us, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another in acts of love and good works. Evangelising is hard. It's hard by ourselves. Like, I know for me, I've done things like escape and pray. I've done um, prayer on the streets and stuff like that. And, and And you notice with things, events like that, that you never do it alone. You always... Often, or you know, you often you're either in a little group, or you're at least with somebody else. It's this same idea of this, you know, three um, three stand, strands aren't easily broken because it's like you, somebody else, and God at the centre of it. It's just I don't know. Like I just wanted to really sort of drive home that actually we need one another, and that's really important. So when I looked at this verse, it talks about it talks about let us, and then it talks about motivating. So I just looked up what motivating means, and I'm not sure 100% this is like the dictionary definition, but I like this definition, so (laughs) I'm reading it out. So it said that motivation is the process that initiates, guides, and maintains goal-orientated behaviours. It is what causes you to act, whether it is getting a glass of water to reduce thirst or reading a book to gain knowledge. Motivation involves the biological, emotional, social, and cognitive forces that activate behavior. Now, I know that's very wordy, but essentially, you know, motivation is what drives everything in us. Like, we need to have motivation to be able to make a conscious decision about things in our lives. And so, just, you know, think about what, what motivates you. Like, what, when you come to church this morning, is the motivation, I don't know, to see your friends? Is the motivation to have worship? Is it to hear the word? Is it to spend time with Jesus? Like, what is that motivation behind what you're hearing this morning? Okay. So, you might have seen this on Facebook. This is my parents' dogs. Uh, well, actually, it's just one. It's the same dog. And I don't even think he's the greedy one, but, <laughs> which is very ironic. But, so, this is, our, well, this is our dog, Max. And he is motivated by food. Yeah. And if you have a dog at home, you will know dogs are motivated by probably one of three things. They're probably motivated by food, probably motivated by affection or toys. So like a tennis ball or something like that. Um, and our dogs are very food orientated. Max is a little bit on the toy side, but mainly food. Dogs are very simple. They, we know their motivation. We want them to do something, give them a bit of food, they'll do it, it's fine. Us as humans, as real people, we're a little bit more complex. I mean. I am fairly motivated by food, but it's not the only motivation in my life. This is my rabbit. Her name's Amber. And um, I got her when I was in my third year of university and really struggling with my mental health. And I really needed something to basically motivate me to, to do something every day. And so when I was at my lowest points, this little, well, this one, this way, (laughs) this little bunny bean was great at motivating me to get up in the morning. I knew I needed to feed her. I needed to be her primary carer because she can't feed herself. She can't feed herself. She can't give herself water. She can't clean her own hutch out. She needed someone to look after her. And so I was motivated by the care I had for her. And really the, you know, the... um, Motivation to keep her alive. You know, she's a living being. And so when I think about what motivates us, I'm thinking also about actually what motivates our Christian walk and what motivates our relationship with Jesus. You know, the, I've lost where the verse is now. But, it, you know, it says about motivating one another. But if we don't know what motivates ourselves, it's really difficult to then help others motivate one another, you know. And so think about what motivates you, what, where is your relationship at with Jesus? The same way as I have to care for Amber and she relies on me to feed her, to nurture her, to take care of her, so does our Christian walk, so does our relationship with Jesus. We have to take time to care for that relationship, to have conversations with God, to hear his voice, to, you know, drink from his fountain, to feed off of him, like, it's all about our relationship with Jesus, and when we get that right, then we can motivate not only ourselves, but also we can motivate other people around us. There's this song that, I don't know if we've sung it recently, but every time I listen to the lyrics, they really hit hard, and it says, um, it's called Above All, and it says, above all kingdoms, above all thrones, above all wonders the world has ever known, above all wealth and treasures of the earth, there's no way to measure what you're worth crucified, laid behind a stone, you lived to die, rejected and alone, like a rose trampled on the ground, you took the fall and thought of me above all. And I, it sounds weird to sort of speak out lyrics, but when I read, some, I sometimes take time in a worship song to read through lyrics, I realise that how powerful just speaking it out can be and actually when we think about what Jesus did for us and that he died for us and how just tragic that was and he did it because he loves us he did it because not because you know I don't know like you know we did all the good works and we he knew we were going to do all the right steps and so we deserved it no it's because Jesus loves us because he knew we needed that relationship with him he knew that you know we needed to come together for that and so Jesus' death is powerful Jesus' resurrection is powerful and that's the motivation. If nothing else, if we go, you know, think about that cycle again, or think about the stepping stones, if we don't have, oh, hello, did I do that? No, okay, okay, I'm going to leave it. <laughs> if we think about, like, Jesus dying for us being the very first foundation of motivation, that should cause us to just lay on our, on, on the floor and just say, God, I just need to meditate on that a little bit more, that actually realizing that Jesus dying for us is incredibly powerful and that should be number one motivation in our lives and that should also change our behavior. So when I read out this verse again and I, again sorry guys I don't know how to click back onto it. <laughs> uh, I, um, I read this verse and thought surely this is going to be easy. Like you know I, I took quite a couple of weeks to kind of think okay I've got this like we need to motivate one another to love one another and do good works don't we all do that anyway? Like, I didn't understand at first, like, where that challenge was. I'm like, surely this is easy. But I found it more and more challenging the more I read it. And again, like, the more I meditated on um, God's word and what he'd done for us, realising that the challenge is potentially the loving bit. You know, we all have this standard of what love means. We might have different ways of approaching love. We might have different ways of what we think love looks like. But the Bible set the ultimate standard for what love should look like. And that's the challenge in that. So I want to read out 1 John 4, 7 to 8. And it says, Dear friends, let's love each other because love is from God. And everybody who loves is born from God and knows God. The person who doesn't love does not know God because God is love. So when we think about this verse and think about loving one another... We've got to get that God is the ultimate expression of love. And it sounds such a simple thing to say, but I just think it can be really powerful to meditate over and over again what God's love looks like, not what we think love looks like and then God kind of fits into that category. It's actually like the expectation that God sets out for us. And, and actually the Bible is pretty clear on what love should look like and how important it is. So in 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 to 8, it says this, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but did not love others, I would be nothing. Nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith and is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. I just think that is such a tall order for love. Like when we think back at our verse for today, which is on my notes somewhere, it says, let us think of ways to motivate one another two acts of love. This is the acts of love the Bible is talking about. It's not talking about giving everyone a hug on Sunday morning, love you babe, yep, good to go. Like this is a tall order for love. Like just read some of these verses again. Talking about how love is patient, it's not jealous, it doesn't boast, it's not proud, it's not rude. That is the kind of love We have to share to our brothers and sisters and to our community, and I think if we're really honest, we all fall short of this. This is tough; like this is difficult to sort of display all the time. And there's a reason why we need each other. Losing all all my bits of paper. There's a reason why we need each other to do this because this is tough. Like loving one another seems probably the most easiest thing to do and it's a lot in a lot of us it's natural it's like oh I just want to love each other but when we think about it from God's perspective and what God is calling us to do and what love should look like from God's perspective it's a tall order it's a high expectation but it's manageable because God's in it you know God's at the center and that's how these things are achievable. That's how we need his help. Again, God needs to be at the center of that cycle to know that he's there. And the nice thing is God created us all differently. You know, we have different strengths. We have different weaknesses. We know how to love one another. I think the world would be a really boring place if, if we were all the same, you know. And if we saw love all the same out in our streets, out in our world, that it would, I don't know, it would just be boring, <laughs> Think about, you know, I was thinking about people in our church, and I'm just going to very nicely pick on a few people. But I know my mum and Vivian are so good at, like, sharing love when people are down. Like, they'll send little flowers, they'll send a little text and ch- check in on people. Like, that's one way of displaying God's love. Like, that's just that little bit that is really good with inside of them. David Tate is really great at, te- at loving the people in society that actually get rejected a lot. And again, that's showing God's love, like for me, I know it's it's ironic because we work in the same school, but I'm not always great at that, you know, and some of us are better at things than others. You know, Roz, she's just gone out, (laughs) is brilliant at showing our junior church God's love, at displaying what is really important to our little ones and valuing them and showing them that actually they're just important in our church as everybody else. And they're all big displays of love because that's the way they are motivated those things they're motivated by people that are forgotten by children by their friends and family you know I am I don't go to the gym all that regularly actually I don't go at all because I'm not really motivated by it it's one of those things that people say oh you should go to the oh dear say you should go to the gym because you know, you should take care of your health, it's good for your mental health, all those great things. But I'm not motivated by it. So I don't go. It's really, really simple. And you know, there's things that I think we think we should be motivated by. But if there's not that first initial bit of care, if that's not placed in our hearts, we're not going to be motivated. You know, I said earlier about how motivation initiates action. And if we're if that motivation isn't at the heart of us, then we're never going to do it. But if I had a friend who took me to the gym, maybe I'd go. Maybe. We'll see. Anyone with me, my gym buddy? Um, yeah, well, like it might be that actually we need somebody else to motivate us, so that maybe that initial motivation isn't there. Maybe there's certain things that we're really good at. And when we're thinking about, again, like those, that Corinthians verse about what love is, maybe some of those you're actually really good at. And maybe there's other things where you think actually i'm not i'm not so good at so like for me i get irritable i mean david drives me to work every morning and i'm sure i'm not a breeze in the morning sometimes like i know i'm grumpy but i have somebody to sort of keep me in check and go actually we need to wake up a little bit now (laughs) like you need to start showing the kids that you work with a little bit of that care and and patience maybe Patience isn't your thing. Love is patient. You know, maybe you've been praying for someone that you've just not seen anything from and you just are losing it a little bit and just thinking, this is enough. You know, there used to be, I know a lot of you would know this guy. There used to be a guy at our church that was so relentless at praying for family members. And I remember like I first started listening to him as a teenager and I kind of just thought, This guy is getting a bit irritating. Like he's just kind of praying over and over again, and like you know, I don't know. Like because I'm an impatient person, and after a while, I started listening to this guy every week. Say, can you pray for my family? I really want to see them get saved. Can you pray for so and so? I really want to see them get saved. It was relentless, and then he saw results. And I'm, I'm telling you, like I mean, you guys know this. Well, probably if you know the guy, but it took years. It really did. It was consistent. He was so patient. He was so loving and just, yeah, consistent at showing his family and the people he wanted to see saved God's love. But that takes work. It takes time and energy. It takes potentially something that is in us that's not natural. Like for me, if you're like me, there's a little bit on the impatient side. It takes a lot of work to get to that point where you think, I really need to love people all the time. Not just when I'm like a little bit on the happy side. Not when I have time for it. Like it's all the time. And again, that is tough. That's why this verse, this um, Hebrews verse says, let us, because we need each other to motivate one another. When in those times where we feel tired, we feel worn out, we feel like we haven't got any energy to motivate ourselves. We need the body. It is so, so crucial You know, it might be that you don't want to, I don't know, you struggle with when we go around the community and hand out our Christmas cards or our Easter eggs. It might freak you out a little bit and it might scare you. But there's some people out there, in our church, I mean, that actually love it. They're like, I can't wait to talk to someone from the community. I can't wait to have a conversation with them to say, God bless you. Like, that's my way of showing love. They're the people you should partner up with, not another person that is on the grumpy side of things that goes yeah I don't really want to do this either should we just not do it together like partner up with someone that actually shares the motivation that you're lacking because like I said like God has placed amazing things in each and every one of us but they're all different and so when we partner up with people that are different we actually can grow in our faith grow in that love and again you know motivate one another it's not easy and Sometimes it can be difficult to actually know what our own strengths are. You know, it can be difficult to think, God, like, what what am I good at? Or maybe if we lack confidence, it's it's difficult. When we read the Corinthians verses again, am I gonna be able to go back? We'll find out, hey. Um, Yeah, like, it might be difficult when you're looking at this going, but I'm not patient. And I'm not always kind. Sometimes I'm on the grumpy side. And I do get a bit jealous. And I am, you know, like, it's just all these things. It can be difficult to go, how can, I, how can I work to such a tall order like this? I mean, number one is with God's help. Again, like, God is at the centre of everything. That three-stranded cord is not easily broken. That's how we get to this point, is partnering up with someone that has strengths like this and also putting God at the centre. If we don't have both you're going to struggle. I know I struggle. Again, like evangelizing is tough by yourself and loving one another and doing good works is tough by yourself. You're going to run on your own steam. But when you actually draw from God's strength, draw from somebody else's strength that you know they're good at, you're going to win out more. You know, it says love never gives up. It never loses faith and is always hopeful. That love is there. The love that we need to have one another and to share for one another is there it 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 doesn't dry out it's consistent god's love is consistent and so actually the love we need to have for other people has to also be consistent in the times that we're not that consistent and that's when you ask for god's help it's when you partner up with somebody else you know there are people that we're going to speak to this week next week can't remember um that have never experienced god's love before probably a lot of us in this room know God, know God's love, and think that's really powerful, but how much more powerful is it for someone that hasn't experienced maybe love even at all? There are some people out there, you know, there are some people that I go to work with that I just, their situations at home are so different to mine, like I've grown up with a loving family, I know a loving church, like I I love God, I know God loves me, and that is so fantastic, but there are people out there that have not experienced any of those things that they don't even you know knowing God's love is fantastic, but they don't even know basic love and so how powerful is it when we share that with other people? It might not be your favorite thing to go out and talk to other people or you know give an Easter egg, give a card and and say God loves you, but actually that means a lot, and God will put the words in your mouth he'll do the things he's calling you to do but that should always be our core motivation to share God's love because it's powerful that should be the ultimate goal so when I looked up in the bible just to wrap up the um the the big chunk of verses it started at the very top of my bible and I've got notes here and it's all electronic here but at the top of my bible it says about it says a call to persevere that's what kind of like the title of all these verses are about we need to persevere with our relationship with jesus relationship with one another and actually how we're going to motivate one another to move out with that with that um the love that god has for them a couple of weeks ago Cherise shared about how you know we are going through a period of well i don't know if we're in it or we're coming out of it but there's definitely been a dryness you know because of COVID, because of going like i'm doing church at home there has been times where people just feel like, I just wanna be in my own space. I'm not sure I'm ready to socialize with people. I'm not sure I'm ready to start talking to people again. And I think sometimes that, the kickstart to motivate ourselves to then talk to people that aren't in our close-knit community can be really tough. So figure out who is around us that likes that sort of thing, who's just, gearing up, ready, like there were some people who were so ready to come back into the building, like, oh, just let me get in, just let me get in, or ready to start moving out again. When are these events going to start up again? Like that's the people, if you don't have that motivation, they're the people you want to, you want to partner up with. It can be so difficult sometimes to do God's work when actually what God is calling you to do and what you want to do is two different very things, but that's why we have the body. That's why, again, it says, let us we're not by ourselves we have each other we god has placed different things inside of us and that is so important to draw upon and yeah just know that we're not alone so yeah i'm going to pray and then um i think the worship band are going to do another song for us so yeah lord i thank you father that you are our ultimate motivation father that you died for us so we could show your love to our communities, to our friends, our family, people that have never heard or even seen you before, Lord. I just pray that in each and every one of us, you'd spark a new form of motivation within us, Lord, that we would just have such a desire to reach out to people that have never experienced your love before and just pour out more and more of what you're calling us to do. Um, I know Viv said about it earlier for us to speak to you more Lord and ask what you're calling us to do and that's really powerful And so I just pray that you just start planting those things in each and one of our minds and we would start hearing that calling of how and where you want us to be Lord in your precious name Amen